Hello again, Fight Fans. Welcome to episode number 164 of The Neutral Corner. I am your host, Michael Montero, for Boxing Monthly Magazine and BoxingMonthly.com. And yes, we are going a day late this week. Uh, Tiffany, my producer extraordinaire, my wonderful, beautiful, talented producer, was in Los Angeles working on a project for work, and she just got back to Atlanta today. That's why we didn't run yesterday. But uh, same time, just 24 hours later, next week we'll be back to Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern. So uh, thank you to everybody for watching live here on YouTube. And for those of you who listen later for the uh, podcast version on iTunes, Spotify, Spreaker, everywhere else, we thank you as well. Before I get into some news and notes, and then we'll start to get into you guys' questions and we'll chat. I just want to give you a reminder of my fee. I do not charge a monetary fee for this podcast, but I charge a homework fee, if you will. And that is this. Go to YouTube. Make sure that you subscribe. Some of you may think you're subscribed, but you're not because YouTube has stupid algorithm updates all the time and they unsubscribe people all the time. Go there. Make sure you subscribe. Also, next to the subscribe button, there's that little bell. Click that so you will be notified every time we go live, every time we upload a video. For those of you who don't watch on YouTube, but as I mentioned before, you go to iTunes, Spreaker, SoundCloud, wherever it is, make sure you go to those platforms. Make sure you follow us. Make sure you drop a rating. Make sure you drop a review. Some of you have done one of those. I need you guys to do all of them, okay? And then last but not least, If you get anything out of this podcast, maybe uh, you learned something you didn't know, maybe you're just entertained, maybe you just have some fun laughing at my goofy, silly face, whatever it is, I ask that you share this podcast with a friend, with a boxing friend. Get the word out. Regardless of whatever platform you're watching or listening to TNC on, make sure that you share it and get it out there, guys. Also, uh, if you are interested, uh, those of you who are listening, you can't see the shirt that I'm wearing if you're listening later on on uh, the, the podcast version. But if you're watching live, boom, you see me rocking the MOBT. If you're interested in Montero Unboxing t-shirts, guys, uh, we pretty much have sold out of the last batch that I ordered, but we still have some sizes available. We only have the black tee like this, but if you're interested, email us, MonteroOnboxing at gmail.com. Last but not least, If you want to tip the show, if you want to support us, every dime that we make off this thing, we put right back into the project. We're trying to build this thing up. You guys know I'm renovating a house, and in that house, I'm building a studio to make this show bigger, badder, and better. Go to Patreon. Anything you can, man. I don't care if it's a dollar. If you want to tip the show a dollar, we would greatly appreciate it. Patreon.com slash Montero Unboxing. All right, guys, that's all the preliminaries. Uh, we got a few of you guys watching here live. We got seven likes already. We got 37 live viewers. Hopefully, we get some more on as we go into the show. Uh, Jose says, I'd love TNC better if Mike drank shots while doing the show. You know, I might need to change the show to Saturday night for that one, Jose. I don't know if I could do shots every Monday night. Oh, my brother's up on here. Anthony Montero's on here watching. What's up, Mike and Tiff? Checking in from LBC. Joe L.O. is here. Rap Life is here. From Honduras. Wow, man. Thank you for watching. I really appreciate it, guys. We got JBW on here. My tag sticking out of my t-shirt, I just noticed. That was good. And uh, JBW is already asking about the DAZN uh, raises price. Headline is quite misleading. JBW, I'm about to get right into that in the news and notes, okay? So um, 
Let's get into that. All right. First order of business, Wilder versus Brazil. Guys, last week when we went live Monday, I told you that there was a press conference that following morning, right? Tuesday, I, well, I think it was like at noon or something like that in New York. That's where they officially announced Deontay Wilder, Dominic Brazil on regular showtime. I think that that was the smart play. Apparently, Deontay Wilder insisted it, even knowing he was going to take a pay cut. So we talked before about him turning down the $100 million, supposed $100 million. That hasn't been confirmed. But it was a huge, at least nine-figure offer, possibly 10 figures from DAZN. Turning that down, he turned down a deal from Top Rank, ESPN, which we know would have been about $12.5 million a fight. And uh, he's getting significantly less than that for, uh, for this fight against Brazil. Only time will tell if it's going to work out for Deontay Wilder. At this point, man, it's, it's really hard to understand just the entire way his career has been handled. It's, it's very, very just strange, just odd. There are so many people involved in his career. It's not very clear just who he has, uh, just who has him under contract and who doesn't. We know Lou DiBella has been promoting him, but he, he's not under contract with him. He's a free agent. We know he has been on Showtime, but he's not obligated to fight on Showtime. He's not under contract with them. He's a free agent. So he can really do whatever he wants. He's kind of in the driver's seat right now. Fury and, and uh, Joshua, they have big deals. We'll see what happens with Deontay Wilder. Anyway, that's going to be May 18th at, uh, in the Barclays Center in Brooklyn. The reason why they're putting it there is the, the Barclays people, um, the parent company, they have a deal with PBC, so there's money that's put right up similar to a casino uh, site fee that you get if you take a, a show to a casino. So that's why those PBC, PBC shows go to Barclays so much. Putting it on Showtime, putting it at Barclays, that does bring a certain amount of money with it to pay Deontay Wilder. Uh, so also Tyson Fury, just talked about him. He is fighting Tom Schwartz June 15th in Las Vegas. There will be some UK fans that fly over for that fight. But holy shit, that's not going to be anywhere near a sellout. Uh, yeah, it's his first fight with ESPN. I get it. They want to do a showcase fight. They found some obscure guy with an undefeated record from Germany that no one's ever heard of. He hasn't fought anybody of note. Fury will look great against him. You get one of those. I talked about Canelo with Rocky Fielding on zone. You get one of those. And then you got to get busy. Are any of you interested in watching Fury Schwartz? Those of you who are a little older and remember the comedy Spaceballs, May the Schwartz Be With You, that's the first thing I thought when I heard of that. I've never heard of Tom Schwartz, so if you haven't, don't feel bad. Okay, let's talk about this zone thing, because I know a few of you are going to ask about it. And by the way, guys, whatever you want to talk about today, just put it up in the chat. Tiffany will get questions over to me, okay? Uh, anything goes, all right? Oh, anything. Anything goes. We could talk about Jesse Smollett if you want to, that idiot. zone. So the price is going to go to $20 a month, but there's an asterisk there. You could do a $100 per year pass. So if you want to order a whole year of it, it's $99.99. And the $10 price tag, if you've already signed up month to month, that stays until March 2020. So basically you get a year of the $10 a month, $9.99 or whatever it is, price tag. A lot of people were pissed off about this, and a lot of the people who are rooting against the zone, which is very, very odd, but a lot of the fans and media people, credential media people who routinely uh, diss the zone, 
blasted this out there, right? Because I think it's coming in a week or so. Here's the reason why DAZN's doing this. Beyond the obvious, okay, they're signing all these fighters. They got to start making more money. But guys, they know the, the scam. I mean, you get the first month free, right? You get that free trial. I know, you know, we all know that a lot of you out there have done the free trial for three or four damn months already because you make up a new email, a new password, and you go in there and you sign up for the free trial. Uh, or maybe you download the app or whatever to a different uh, device, you know, whether it's uh, your phone, your girl's phone, your boy's phone, whatever. And so you've, you've done that free trial several times. And believe me, they can run analytics. They can see that kind of stuff. And there's a lot of you that don't subscribe month to month you go in and you get the free trial when it's a fight that you're interested in. You try to scam the system. I don't blame you one bit, okay? I've done such things in the past that I probably will do more of that in the future. We all do it in different ways. But at some point, they got to get regular, consistent subscribers. They haven't even been around for a year, and they're going to try different things. So the 999 was an introductory, intro, is that a word? Introductory, whatever. Uh, price. It wasn't going to stay that way forever. Here's the thing though. If you have been paying $10 a month in at March, 2020, when that's up, when April 1st rolls around next year, if you buy the pass for a whole year, the year pass, the annual pass, whatever to call it, it ends up being like $8 and 30 cents or $8 and change. So you're actually going to get a discount. So those of you who have already signed up for the zone and you've been loyal subscribers from the beginning, you're being rewarded. For those of you who have been lazy assholes and haven't subscribed or you've been trying to game the system, if you pay for a year in advance, you're getting rewarded. So everyone's winning here. The only people that are not winning are the people who want to subscribe for two months a year. Yeah, you're going to pay 20 bucks a month. But here's the thing, guys, and this is where you got to do a little math in your head. $100 a year or are there less than five fights a year that you're interested in that the zone has. So in other words, if let's say of all the fights the zone has had so far this year or has on the schedule currently this year, all you give a shit about is Canelo Jacobs. You could care less about the World Boxing Super Series, AJ, Dimitri Bivol, Jaime Munguia, any of these other guys, you don't care. All you want, you're a Canelo fan, let's say, and you don't watch anybody else. Well, then it only behooves you to pay for the two months a year <clears throat> that Canelo fights. So you pay 40 bucks a year. If you're somebody who's a boxing junkie and you know damn well there are going to be at least five fights that you're interested in paying that 20 bucks for, just pay for the whole damn year. And then you get everything else that they have. It's not that complicated. What I find interesting about this, and look, I'm all for fights being cheaper for fans, okay? I, I'm not, again, I don't own stock in DAZN. They're not a sponsor on my show. I'm not sitting here trying to sell you guys DAZN. I know a lot of you out there make fun of me and make memes about me and stuff saying I'm a DAZN pom-pom waver. But a lot of you guys doing that, the same people doing that, PBC has charged you $250 in the last what, four months since December for, for Wilder Fury, Pacquiao Broner, and then Spence Garcia. Now, Wilder Fury turned out to be a really good, competitive, close fight. But Pacquiao Broner was a fight nobody gave a shit about, nobody wanted. And Spence Garcia, amazing event. Tiff and I were there. It was great being there and everything. But let's be honest, that's not a fight anybody wanted. Further, it's not just PBC. 
In a couple weeks, Terrence Crawford and Amir Khan. That's going to be ESPN pay-per-view. That's not a fight anybody wanted. It's going to be an entertaining, fun fight. I'm sure it's going to be a great event for those of you who go to MSG. That's always a fun time. But that's probably going to be a one-sided fight, just like Pac Broner was, just like uh, Spence Garcia ended up being. So you're paying, that's going to end up being another 80 bucks. That's what, $320 or more for four fights. That's three years of the zone. So four fights costing you more than three years of what the zone's going to give you. And we already know that you're going to get some of the fighters I mentioned before. World Boxing Super Series semifinals are scheduled. The finales are scheduled. There's going to be a season three. Okay, so that's the math. So I understand some of you are frustrated. I get it, guys. But if you start doing the math, and you, you, you have to prioritize. A lot of you that subscribe to HBO for boxing, you've cut HBO now. But there's some of you out there who subscribe to HBO for boxing and other things. You like Game of Thrones. You like Bill Maher, John Oliver, and all those guys. So you still have HBO. Same thing with Showtime. Some of you guys that order Showtime, I think it's what, 11 bucks a month? You get it because you like the boxing, but you like the show Showtime has too. So you're, you continue to pay for that stuff. And now there's this added cost with the zone and ESPN. I understand it, guys. But look at the fighters those platforms have and ask yourself, how much is it costing you versus how much it would have cost you in years past? Remember, at one point, Vasily Lomachenko was on HBO and everything. At, at some point, Lomachenko was going to fight if he, if he fought a Mikey Garcia or something like that, let's say, that's going pay-per-view. We know that's going pay-per-view on ESPN. But if you look at the zone, any Canelo Alvarez fight, any Anthony Joshua fight in America, probably going to be pay-per-view, right? We know that his fights are pay-per-view in the UK, obviously. Uh, any Golovkin fight now is going to be pay-per-view. And, you know, this, the Vanas Martyrosian situation was, was a one-off. So just start doing the math in your head and you'll see that you're still coming out ahead. You just got to be a little more selective. Media is changing and this, it, it's becoming more of an a la carte system. A lot of you guys are wisely, in my opinion, pulling the plug on cable because cable sucks a dick and you're ordering things a la carte. You're doing it on Netflix, on Hulu, on YouTube, here. Uh, you're subscribing to channels you like on YouTube and supporting those channels. You're being very selective with the media that you, that you pay for and how you pay for it. That's the smart play. And that type of system is going to continue. Entities like The Zone and ESPN Plus, and trust me, PBC will have a streaming platform. Let me say that again. <clears throat> PBC will have a streaming platform service within the next few years. Mark my fucking words. This is the way of the future. Get used to it. All right. Let's go to some questions here. Are you sending them to me on my phone, babe? Yeah. All right. If I go to my notes here. Oh, boy, we got a bunch already. Scott X. Scarrier asks. Oh, no, wait. It just updated. I'm going to have to get back to your question because, boom, it just updated, bro. All right. Let's start with Aaron Hammond. Joe Joyce versus Daniel Dubois. Result. Right now, Aaron... Uh, Joe Joyce probably is a little more polished right now, working with Abel Sanchez, uh, getting some good sparring up there in Big Bear, being around guys like Gassiev, Golovkin, and the rest. I definitely think he's a little further ahead right now, but it's just in terms of raw talent and uh, I think power. Daniel Dubois, 
I'd favor him. If it happened right now, slight edge to Joe Joyce, unless Dubois lands with something big. The one thing we don't know about either guy is how they catch. But I'm telling you, three, four, five years down the road, that's Dubois all day, if he has a chin. Better Man asks, Anthony Peterson is one of the weirdest careers. Mind sharing some insight, so many fights, and pretty much nothing interesting except for the Bam Bam fight. Better Man, we'll get to Anthony Peterson. Uh, are you talking about Anthony Peterson? or Oh, okay. We'll talk about him a little later in the episode. I thought at first you were talking about Lamont, who just retired. But uh, we'll talk about Anthony a little bit too later on in the review. Babe, watch that wire. Keep keep knocking a wire. All right, Rockstar1996. What's up, man? You're on here every week. Appreciate it. Besides Usyk and a few up-and-comers, is it worth bowing out of the heavyweight division for a bit? LOL. I, you know what, man? I, I actually... I'm partial to the big boys. You know, I'm a big guy. I'm six foot four, 220. So um, I'm partial to the big guys. And I actually think that the division's in a healthy place if they fight each other. If we get more Fury Schwartz, Wilder Brazil type of matchups, obviously, yeah, we're all going to bow out. So the, the powers that be in boxing right now, they're kind of getting things their way. There's a resurgence of boxing right now. And there's programming all over the place. But if they screw this up, and they very well could, it's going to go right back down. So there's a little resurgence that boxing is having right now. And there's, there's evidence of it all over the place. It's not just in the ratings and stuff. People pay a little too much attention to just TV ratings. If you look at sales figures of uh, tickets being sold, you look at what Spence Garcia just did. When you put on the right events, I mean, Wilder uh, Fury was a surprise hit, right? When you put on events, people are showing up. There's club shows going all over the country. I see the schedule every week. It wasn't like this five years ago. It just wasn't. Uh, the schedule's going year-round now. It wasn't like that five years ago. Uh, but the powers that be have to keep this thing going. They can't screw it up. But, man, right now at the heavyweight division – Look, I think Wilder Brazil will be a fairly entertaining fight. I really do. I'm going to watch it. I'm interested in that fight. I don't really give a shit about Fury Schwartz, but if I'm bored and I have nothing going on that night, I might watch it. Uh, that's, that's my birthday weekend, so I might be too drunk to watch it. But uh, look, man, uh, Joshua Miller, I'm definitely watching that shit. That's going to be a good fight. Barker Raider asks, Hey, Montero, Spence fanboys have lost their mind after he beat Mikey. You surprised? Uh, they're saying he would beat Canelo, maybe even stop him. What's your take on that? That's absolutely ridiculous. Number one, uh, Canelo Alvarez is far more proven than Errol Spence. Whether you think he won his fights against Arizlandi Lara, uh, Austin Trout, uh, Gennady Golovkin, etc., he was he was competitive in all those fights. The only fight he wasn't competitive in was against Floyd Mayweather because he was basically a prospect when he did that fight. So fine. Other than that, he has been very competitive in every fight he's ever been in, and he's fought far better opposition than Errol Spence. And he's also fought guys his size. He's about to fight a guy who's a lot bigger. So uh, at this point in time, Spence, whose power at welterweight is very overrated by some, uh, Mikey Garcia said he was never hurt or buzzed. You know, there was nothing that came. We were there at the post-fight press conference, and Mikey was being brutally honest about what happened in that fight. Still a little delusional about his career and his importance and everything in the sport, but at the actual fight, being brutally honest and said that there was nothing there that was, you know, crazy, crazy powerful. 
Spence moving up two weight classes to fight a prime Canelo Alvarez. This Canelo Alvarez is prime, and I'm not saying he is. I don't rate him number one pound for pound, but he might be. He might turn out to be the number one pound for pound guy in the sport over the next year or so. It might happen. So uh, no way. Spence is not ready for that. That's ridiculous. Great win for Spence. As I said, right after that win, he's in the discussion for like the middle of the pound for pound list now. You cannot deny that. He thoroughly outclassed Mikey Garcia. It didn't matter if they were the exact same size. It didn't matter if Garcia was bigger than Spence. He would have beat the brakes off him no matter what. So he proves he's legit. And Mikey Garcia proves he's just not quite on that level. And a lot of people overrated him. Uh, Fleener asks, ever heard of a boxer named Tony Luis? Uh, not off the top of my head. It's possible I've seen him, but there's a lot of Luises out there. So you're going to have to give me more information, bro. Rap Life asks, what's all the talk about Spence versus Canelo maybe in talks? You know, I was actually on SB Nation Radio, the Dave Smith show Sunday night, and I briefly brought that up. Any talks you guys hear of Spence Canelo right now is obviously bullshit. It's not going to happen for a billion reasons. But uh, most of which, uh, Spence is nowhere near ready or deserving for a fight with Canelo. But, and this is a huge but, let's fast forward three, four years from now. Let's say Canelo is, has, let's just say, hypothetically, he cleans out the middleweight division. Maybe even moves up to super middleweight and wins some titles there. Meanwhile, Spence has cleaned out welterweight. He finally gets the Terrence Crawford fight. Let's just say he beats him, moves up to 54 and wins some titles. If Canelo could get back down to 60 and Spence can move up to 60 for a one-off for one fight, that's a huge super fight. And in Texas, holy shit, it'd be huge. That might fill up the Cowboys Stadium. That might be 80,000 fans. But a fight like that is at least three years off. So any talk you hear of that right now is crazy premature. Don't buy into any of that shit, all right? Petter Thomas asks, any news on Dillian White's mandatory situation? No, I, I know um, the sanctioning organization is supposed to sit down and figure all this shit out at some point. I have no idea what the hell is going on. I kind of feel bad for Dillian White because all he's done is stay busy and win and be in exciting fights and win. And he's kind of getting asked out right now. He needs to pick which sanctioning organization he wants to move up in, which champion he wants to target, and go through the sanctioning organization system to get a championship fight. He can't sit around and wait for a promoter to do it for him. So uh, we'll see what happens. But if his intent was to go through the BC to get Deontay Wilder, they will do everything everything in their power to protect Wilder at any cost. The BC has favorites and they do favors for their favorites. So if I'm Dillian White, you know, it's the same thing with for Tyson Fury, honestly. Use the sanctioning organization system for Fury. He needs to go up through the BC. Uh, they'll help him out. But, you know, he's, he's with top rank kind of and top rank works with the WBO. But it's possible. If I'm Dillian White, I go through the IBF or one of those guys and try to get a fight, a rematch with Anthony Joshua. I think that's a better fight for him. Uh, let's see. Rockstar1996, he asks, is Spaceballs worth watching? Honestly, never seen it. You know what, man? I, I was a little kid when it came out. So I don't remember much other than I was a little kid and I thought it was stupid then. Meaning like stupid slapstick funny. 
So if I thought it was stupid when I was an immature little kid, we'd probably look at it now and think it's even dumber, right? Also though, a lot of the humor probably went right over my head because I was immature. So uh, probably worth checking out, but don't spend any money on it or anything like that. Joe L.O. asks, what good fights are you getting for free with PBC? A lot of BC level fights that nobody really cares about. Yeah, you know, but honestly, I could say that about everybody, right? It's a mixed bag. I mean, we just had uh, Lipinets Peterson, which ended up being an early candidate for fight of the year. I don't think it will be fight of the year, but it's going to certainly fall in the top 10. So it is a mixed bag. Um, yeah, so far this year, it's been slow. It's been very, very slow. Things are heating up, though, over the next couple months, uh, especially on zone. Sorry, guys, but you're going to get Canelo Jacobs. You're going to get Joshua Miller. Those are damn good fights. So the schedule will heat up. But yeah, you're, I mean, Joe, you're right. That's not PBC. I'm trying to think. Um, look, the Lipinets-Peterson fight delivered. It did. And it did a good rating for Fox Sports 1. It was like uh, 225,000 fans watch live or something, which for a secondary you know, cable network like that is pretty good, uh, especially considering the time slot and, and everything else. So, um, but yeah. You know, you're getting a lot of pay-per-views in that world, man. And, and they're going to keep, they're going to have more pay-per-views this year. So if PBC keeps that shit up, I, I don't know. There's a, you know, we'll have to look back at the end of this year and just, I guess, level set and just look at who did the best job of, of, of servicing the fans and how much it cost you. And maybe that's a video I can do in December and I could compare how much this platform cost you, how much that platform cost you, and we could talk about it. That might be something worth doing. Komatsuda asks, what is your rebuttal against someone who says Mayweather is the pound for pound, most skilled, greatest fighter of all time? Uh, my rebuttal is, is two words, boxing history. Floyd Mayweather is not even the most skilled fighter pound for pound of the last 40 or so years. I mean, go watch some Pernell Whitaker footage. I'm not even going to get into Sugar Ray Leonard, Sugar Ray Robinson, Guillermo Papaleo, or Willie Pep. Um, there, there's plenty of other fighters. I think fighters like Greb would have given Mayweather issues. So, uh, yeah, that's, it's an ignorant thing from fans. A lot of Floyd's fans are new to boxing. They started watching boxing when Floyd became money made. They weren't even watching boxing when he was pretty boy. And that's great that Floyd created so many new fans. But a lot of the new fans are ignorant and just need to catch up on their boxing history. The shit's all out on YouTube and there's books everywhere that you guys can read. And there's plenty of uh, good podcasts and stuff where you guys can ask questions and find out about these fighters. But yeah, Floyd is not anywhere near the, he's certainly one of the most skilled fighters of the last 30, 40 years. He's on that list, but there are asterisks all over the guy's resume. I'm not saying that to shit on him. He's one of the finest defensive technicians of the last half century, but he's extremely overrated by ignorant, young, I'm, I'm generalizing, there's exceptions, but ignorant young fans who are new to the sport and simply just don't have the, the, the reference of all the history of what came before. Guys, this, this sport has been around for over a century. I'm talking Queensberry rules. I mean, about a century and a half now. There's a lot of history there. And just because it's in black and white and a dude uh, looks skinny and goofy or whatever compared to the way guys look now, don't mean he couldn't fight. Go back and watch some of those old fights. Look at the craft. 
and look at some of those guys' records and read some of the books, read some of the newspaper clippings. Uh, there, there's so many great fighters out there that are in, in Floyd's sphere. Um, Tony Canzaneri, who I think is the finest Italian fighter of all time. Tony Canzaneri, in my opinion, was more skilled than Floyd. Yeah, I'm saying it. Probably beats Floyd, in my opinion, if they fought right now. Uh, let's see. Let me get one more question, then we'll get into the uh, review. Grame Caso asks, who do we got, Garcia versus Wilder? Well, they've both sparred a lot together. But considering right now, Gassiev's never fought at heavyweight and Wilder has, I would pick Wilder big time. We got to see, you know, can Gassiev compete at heavyweight? I think so. But until he does that and we know for sure, you got to go with the proven heavyweight and that's Wilder right now. All right. So we will get back to um, you guys' questions in a little bit here. Let's, uh, let's review what we saw last week. So we had a bunch of cards, nothing huge, but a bunch of cards all over the place. Starting on Thursday, March 21st at the Avalon Theater in Hollywood on DAZN, Golden Boy Promotions kicked off a new Thursday night series. And in the main event, Juan Antonio Rodriguez scored a KO9 win over Mercito Hesta. Coming into this fight, I mean, this was a, a setup kind of in the sense that Hesta was supposed to win. And the Mexican fighter who had come in, uh, had he had lost two of his last three. He was the opponent. But in boxing, anything can happen, right? And uh, there were a ton of headbutts in this fight. It's kind of ugly. Both men had cuts on their eyes from headbutts, not from punches. Hesto was stopped on the ropes, though, in uh, I think late in the ninth round. Uh, Rodriguez threw over 200 more punches, was just more active throughout. Hesta landed a few more, but in the later rounds, uh, Rodriguez really come, came on. There were 10 seconds left in that ninth round when Hesta was kind of caught in the ropes. I thought the stoppage was a bit premature. Could have let it go, see if he could survive a few more seconds to get into that final round. But as it is, uh, he loses again, Hesta does. This is a guy who had a lot of potential. A lot of people were looking at him unfairly comparing him to Manny Pacquiao just because he's Filipino, which is always stupid. But that's just what's going to happen. You know, uh, Manny Pacquiao was such an anomaly. How many great Filipino fighters of all time, at least in the last 20, 30 years, have you seen, right? He's an, he's an anomaly. So a lot of fans in America, there have been great Filipino fighters, but they haven't been crossover stars here in the States the way Manny was. They're always going to compare any Filipino fighter coming up to Pacquiao. Not fair, but it's going to happen. And that happened for Mercito Este. He's talked about it before, all that pressure. Just never lived up to the expectations. Might want to think about hanging him up. Uh, no fights on Friday of note, but on Saturday, March 23rd, we had a couple of cards over in the UK. Uh, Queensberry card from Frank Warren uh, that was picked up by ESPN Plus here in the US of A that had a bunch of prospects on there. Uh, Sam Bowen, Nathan Gorman, CJ Challenger, and Sam Maxwell all those undefeated prospects won. The prospect, you know, look, of all those prospects, I don't really see a future world champ there. I don't know. The one who came in with the most, maybe uh, at least on paper, the most potential upside was Sam Maxwell. He got dropped twice early in his fight and was really getting beat up for a while, but he hung tough and he scored a highlight reel knockout in the 10th round. His opponent was showboating, which was really stupid. If you're fighting a guy and you know you're the damn opponent and you're winning, don't showboat. Finish the damn fight. 
started showboating, getting uh, lazy and sloppy, and Maxwell decked him. I think it was a straight right hand. That was it. He was done. Stoppage may have been a tad premature there, but he was clearly hurt. He was on Queer Street, and uh, Maxwell gets bailed out in the 10th round. But, yeah, I don't know of any of those four prospects. I'm not really excited about any of them. The matchroom card from London at the Copper Box Arena, this was on the zone. Charlie Edwards defended his flyweight title that he won off Christopher Rosales last December. And let me tell you something, that win over Christopher Rosales, that was not a fluke. This was his first title defense, and he scored a unanimous decision over Angel Moreno of Spain. All three scores were 120-107. He doesn't have a lot of power, doesn't have a lot of pop, but this kid can box. He's legit. He might be the best flyweight in the world right now. He's certainly right up there in the top two or three. So, uh, yeah, that win over Rosales, that, that was at the time seen as an upset, uh, that was legit. This kid's for real. I want to see more of him. Another guy I want to see more of, Joshua Buatzi, improved to 10-0, a uh, light heavyweight, uh, 2016 bronze medalist in the Rio games. He scored a TKO3 win. Uh, 2016 Olympian cruiserweight, now cruiserweight is a pro, Lawrence Okoli improved to 12-0 with a TKO4 win. Lewis Ritson and Jason Quigley also grabbed wins on that card. And there was a card from the Hangar in Costa Mesa, California, top rank on ESPN. In the main event, Jesse Magdaleno improved to 26-1 with the unanimous decision in a 10-rounder over Rico Ramos, the former junior featherweight titleist. Uh, Jesse was coming off that L to Isaac Dogbay last April. Ramos missed weight, uh, had a lot of trouble making weight for this fight, looked lethargic and sloppy in there, really didn't want to do anything. And Magdaleno didn't look great himself, but he was in there with a guy who wasn't a very willing dance partner. These two clashed heads a lot. Very sluggish fight, a lot of clinching, not much action. Not much action. It really seemed like Ramos didn't want to fight, was more or less trying to survive. And perhaps it's because he had so much trouble making weight, probably needs to move up in weight at this point. But for Magdaleno, he gets back in the win column, and he's going to be on to bigger and better things. Uh, now, main event. Actually, yeah, Magdalena Ramos was a co-main. Main event, Kubrat Pulev, heavyweights. Scores a TKO 7 win over Bogdan Dinu. Uh, both knocked down punches in the 7th round. He dropped him twice in the 7th round. It appeared to la land in the back of the head, like almost on the neck. And a lot of people thought that those were illegal punches. I understand that. But it takes two to tango. And Dinu is doing a lot of just bending over and ducking down. If you are a taller fighter, you're already punching down at an opponent, right? Just, it's just the physics of the thing. Uh, Pulev a little bit bigger, a little taller, punching down. And just the way they stand and the way they fight, Pulev's a taller guy. Punching down an opponent who's bending over, you're going to land punches on the back of the head. When you're looping shots around because he's trying to move to the side and give angles, when he bends down, you're going to land him to the side of the head, the back of the neck. So it was every bit as much on Dinu as it was on Pulev. Pulev did hit him while he was down, though. So he was docked a point in the seventh but the writing was on the wall. Uh, Pulev scores the knockout here. He was cut on the left eye from a punch in the fourth round. Bled a lot. Looked pretty bad. But uh, his corner man did a pretty good job with the cut. He was able to fight through it and get the win. Then afterwards, he was being interviewed by a reporter, I think, for a local Los Angeles or Las Vegas 
um, I think it was a, I don't know if it's a newspaper or a radio show or what it is. I've never heard of it. I've never heard of her. But she was interviewing him in the locker room or something. And at the end of the interview, he kissed her. Literally grabbed her head so she couldn't get away. Kissed her. She laughed. She did say, Jesus Christ. And, you know, as he walked away and then they cut the interview, she posted the interview. And uh, it's, you know, I tweeted about it. I asked you guys how you felt about it. I didn't give an opinion one way or the other. Okay, I just wanted to know your thoughts. There's a lot of people out there that think Pulev should be jailed. They're talking about this is sexual assault. There's some white knighting going on. There's some, uh, you know, feminist anger out there. CNN just picked it up because they got to protect Jesse Smollett. They've had CNN's had a rough week, so they got to you know get people's attention on something else. So they just picked it up. Uh, I don't think it's going away. I think people are going to talk about this for a while. But because he's not from America and he's not a big name, I don't think there's going to be much legs to this. But it wouldn't surprise me if, in some way, shape, or form, some sort of apology has to be made by Pulev or something. If you guys want to know my opinion about this, ask me here in the chat and I will give my my thoughts. I've thought about it a lot and um, I'll talk about that in a second. You know, if after the review, I'll get into that in like five minutes if you want me to. Also on this card, Maxim Dadashev, 140-pound uh, prospect out of Russia, improved to 13-0 with a KO4 win. Terrell Pulev, Kubrat's brother, he won too, but you know... I. I just don't see much to him. Kubrat Pulev is clearly the better of the Pulev brothers. And it's obvious at some point we're going to see Tyson Fury fight Kubrat Pulev. And I want to see that damn fight. I don't know about you guys, but I think that is a good fight. That is every bit as good of a fight as uh, Deontay Wilder versus Luis Ortiz. It's every bit as good of a fight as Anthony Joshua versus Jarrell Big Baby Miller. Yeah, I'm saying it. It is. Pulev is a top 10 heavyweight, guys. Sunday, March 24th, back at the Avalon in Hollywood. 360 promotions put on a card. And Sergei Bohachuk, a 13-0 junior middleweight prospect, stays perfect with a, uh, a win over a much shorter, much older opponent, but did what he was supposed to do. And Ali Akhmadov, a 14-0 super middleweight, uh, he wins as well. And then the MGM National Harbor. PBC on Fox Sports 1. Sergey Lipinets comes from behind to score a TKO 10 win over Lamont Peterson. Uh, he was losing halfway through this fight. To me, I tweeted about this. He looked a little tight early on. It looked like he was just a little, he just wasn't very fluid. And Peterson was boxing beautifully early. It was fluid. But I tell you, man, Lipinets just kept coming, kept the pressure coming, kept landing shots. And when he would land, it would move Peterson. When Peterson would land, Lipinets walked right through it. That was the difference. And toward the end of the fight, Peterson's face started swelling up. He always kind of swells up. It's just the genetics he has, the type of skin he has or whatever. But he always swells up. But his eyes were getting puffy. They were closing up a little bit. And in the 10th round, Lipinets landed a good hard shot kind of to the back of the head. Peterson was bending down and kind of twisting. When he got hit, he was pretty badly hurt. His trainer, Barry Hunter, threw in the towel. It was clear afterwards uh, that they were planning for this to be his last fight. And Barry Hunter simply was not going to let Peterson take a beating. So Peterson didn't go down. You know what I'm saying? He, he wanted to keep fighting, but um, his corner threw in the towel and the ref was about to stop it anyway. Uh, the writing was on the wall. 
Why should Peterson take more punishment? Peterson retires right after the fight. Uh, he is two and three since April of 2015. So over his last five fights, he took a lot of punishment, lost three of them, and um, ends up 35-5-1 with 17 knockouts. Say what you will about Lamont Peterson. Yes, there was performance-enhancing drugs. He was caught. He admitted to it. I guess uh, there was some sort of pellet that uh, it was banned substance, I think a steroid, an anabolic steroid, something like that. He put in his armpit that I guess dissolves into your armpit, and he failed. I don't know. I think it was a urine test. Uh, and it might have, I think it was VADA. And uh, yeah, because if, if it was USADA, we wouldn't have heard about it, right? So it had to be VADA. And um, admitted to it, said he did it. And since then, hasn't quite looked the same. So there is that. But look, man, this dude fought Lipinets, obviously. He fought Timothy Bradley, Victor Ortiz, Amir Khan, Kendall Holt, Lucas Matisse, Danny Garcia, and Errol Spence. He fought everybody. We need guys like that. Robert Easter, I think, is going to turn into the new Lamont Peterson because uh, Robert Easter seems to be a guy who's willing to fight anybody and everybody. So I wish... Lamont Peterson well. I hope he never comes back. I hope he stays retired. When you guys asked about Anthony Peterson earlier, uh, he's just, the, of the two Peterson brothers, Lamont is the better one. So it's kind of like the Durrell situation, but in reverse, because uh, everybody thought Andre was going to be the better Durrell. He was the more skilled one. He looked you know, better in the gym coming up. But it was Anthony Durrell who had the heart, who had the fighter instinct, and who turned out to have a better career overall. Uh, Anthony Peterson, just not as good as his brother. So odd career, yeah. Both Petersons, kind of an odd career. For, for Lamont, he had some good big fights. But for Anthony and Lamont, there were big periods of inactivity and just some odd matchmaking. But that's when PBC was kind of struggling and going through its little... Uh, throwing spaghetti at the wall phase. And a lot of their fighters only fought once a year, and some of them didn't even fight at all. Was it 2016? Some other fighters, it was either 2015 or 2016, where some of them didn't even fight that year. So, uh, yeah, there's some odd stuff there. But uh, all in all, good for Lamont Peterson. And for Sergey Lipinets, is he a top five welterweight or anything? No, I'm not ready to put him in that sphere. But he's certainly a top 10 welterweight, and I want to see him in there against anybody. Okay, let's, uh, that's the review. Let's get to some questions here, and then we'll preview what's coming up this week. Uh, let's see. Cody8804 asks, you'll bow out for free, Wilder, BS, Brazil, but Joshua versus Miller that you have to pay for is cool, bias. Cody, um, I don't know about you, brother, but last time I checked, Wilder versus Brazil ain't free. It's on fucking Showtime. Showtime costs you $11, $12 a month. So it's actually cheaper to watch Joshua versus Miller. So I have no idea what the hell you're talking about in regards to bias. I also clearly just said earlier that Wilder Brazil is going to be an entertaining fight and I want to watch it. It's just not as good of a fight as Joshua versus Miller. So if anyone's biased here, it's you, my friend. PLU, Plu S. Can we talk about how much of a douche Pulev is? <laughs> All right. We could talk about that. Uh, let's see. I want to see if uh, anyone else wants to talk about that. Chris Bergen asks, who wins the World Boxing Super Series, Pro Gray or Taylor? 
I don't know yet, bro. I'm 50-50 on that. I want to see how they both look in the semis. I feel for Taylor because of the situation right now with uh, Ivan Branchek. He's probably like, what the hell? Who am I going to be fighting? You know, he's not 100% sure. Progray knows who he's fighting, where he's fighting. That's all set so he can prepare. For Taylor, some stuff's still up in the air. But I want to see them both in the semis and how they look before I can make that pick. Also, it's not... It's not a 100% guarantee that they'll be in the final. I think they will be, like you do. I mean, I favor that. But you never know what could happen, man. Right now, dude, though, 50-50, for real. Survive asks, will Canelo Charlo ever happen? Probably not. Probably not. The WBC will find a way to protect Canelo. If in some way, shape, or form, Charlo and the PBC, who the BC, the WBC loves... Uh, if they get the WBC by the balls, Canelo can dump the title. I, you know what? I don't want to say never. It's possible. It's certainly possible. Canelo is about to fight Daniel Jacobs, who is better than Jamal Charlo. So, you know what? Canelo wants it. I'm sure he'd want it if Charlo really wants it. And they can. And Charlo has the free agent opportunity to go fight on the zone. Yes, I actually think it can happen. Jason Goldstein asks, Hey, Mike, just jumped on. With AJ, Wilder, and Fury all getting layups, is Usyk versus Takam the best, most competitive heavyweight fight of 2019? Um, nah, I still think AJ Miller. I think Joshua Miller... Look, Miller is very unproven. We might find out that he's a complete fraud in June. When he, you know, Coming up here, what is it, a couple months from now, when he fights Joshua, we might find out he's a complete damn fraud. We'll see. I don't think he is. I think that's going to be a competitive, good fight with AJ. And uh, that should take it. However, Usyk, because it's his first fight at heavyweight to come, very experienced, that could be better action. We'll have to see. It's possible. Survive. Will Jermel ever fight Hurd? I think it has to happen, dude. I think Jermel's going to beat Harrison in their rematch. And then they, he's got to fight Hurd. I think PBC knows they have to do that fight. And they have to do it this year. If they don't do that fight this year, man, they're crazy. And that fight can't be pay-per-view. It just can't. Vincent Cummings, what's up, Vince? What's up, brother? Thanks for tuning in, man. I've heard uh, Thurman Pack and Spence Porter are both on tap for later this year. We over at Team Keefe are amped to send a legend into retirement. Who you got in that fight? Dude, I go back and forth. I, I mean, obviously Pac at his best would annihilate Thurman. But at this point, you got to favor Thurman by decision just because of the youth thing. I think that the guys at PBC finally have waited enough and they see that uh, – a Thurman Pacquiao fight makes sense for Keefe because he can squeeze by. I mean, just by the skin of his teeth and win like a 115-113 kind of decision against a more lethargic Pacquiao who doesn't throw as many punches, who telegraphs him a little bit more now. Um, look, if Broner was able to go the distance, obviously Thurman will, and he's going to win rounds in that fight. And all it's got to really do is be close. If Thurman beats Pacquiao and then Spence beats Porter... Next year, if we can get Thurman Spence, Spence Thurman, however you want to say it, I guess by that point it would be Spence Thurman. Uh, that'd be awesome, man. That'd be awesome. And all the brand building there would work. That'd be a great plan. Hamed92 asks, Mike, 
Who do you favor, Joshua or Fury, if they fight this time next year? Well, let's see how, how Joshua looks against uh, Miller. Let's see how Fury looks against Pulev later this year. Um, if, if they both look good in those fights and continue to develop. And, uh, man, also where that fight takes place matters. You know, like I, I think, do they do that fight here in the States? I think it makes more sense over in the UK. I think being over there in the UK probably favors Joshua more. Um, man, I, I don't know. I don't know, dude. Uh, at this time next year, I'm gonna I'm gonna give the slight edge to Joshua. I'm gonna give him the slight edge in that fight right now. Don't quote me; it's not an official prediction. I'm just saying. Komatsuda, which boxers today will cause problems in all eras? I do that. I could. I mean, that could be an hour-long video. I mean. At his best, somebody like Gennady Golovkin would be competitive in any any middleweight era. Canelo Alvarez would be competitive in any middleweight era, maybe super middleweight era, depending on when the weigh-in was, if it's the same day of the fight or not. Um, so some of the light heavyweights right now. Uh, the, the problem with some of these welterweights, like an Errol Spence, Terrence, Terrence Crawford, okay, Terrence Crawford, we could say at like 140, competitive in any era. We don't know yet at welterweight. We don't know yet about Errol Spence. Alexander Usyk, competitive any era of cruiserweight. There's only, it's only been around for 40 years. But going back old school to classic heavyweights, when they weighed 195 pounds and shit, Usyk would have been competitive there. So... Also, you know, the heavyweights we have right now, Wilder, Joshua, Fury, their size makes them competitive in any era. Competitive? Cause problems? There's a lot of guys right now that would, you know, but being champions in any era, that's a different question, dude. John Yen asks, how does Gassiev do in the heavyweight division now that he's signed with the zone? We shall see. And, um... You know, it sets up for a possible maybe maybe rematch one day between him and Usyk or something. Um, that would be interesting, you know, if Gassiev looks better at heavyweight than he looked at cruiserweight. But, uh, dude, I'd love to see Gassiev fight someone like Dillian White. Who wouldn't love to see that shit? Bombs away. Tommy Boseo, what's up, man? He asks, yo, Montero, how do you see Mikey Garcia versus Luke Campbell playing out if they each face each other? Campbell is soon to be the mandatory for Garcia. So if Garcia keeps that 35 title uh, and fights against Luke Campbell, I think that that's a very competitive fight, but Garcia is just a little bit, just a level ahead of Campbell. I think Campbell would be competitive, but Garcia just has a little, just has more levels. And I think he'd pull out a decision win. That's what I see there. Bob Weaver, do you think Klitschko versus Wilder will happen? Absolutely not. There was a gentleman's agreement there between Wilder's people and Josh or Klitschko's people to not fight when Klitschko was active. It was basically, they were like, hey, you can be the next guy once I retire. They're not going to fight. No way. Gamebred Fight TV is Teofimo Lopez versus Leo Machenko happening in 2019. No, not happening in 2019. Possibly 2020, 2021, something like that. Very, very possible, but not 2019. Sam, can Relic outbox Progray? as he has a, high work rate, a higher work rate than Progray. That's what I was talking about earlier. It's not a given that Progray and Taylor are going to make the finale. Relic has a chance. Baranchek, if he fights Josh uh, Taylor, he has a chance. So um, anything can happen. I favor Progray because it's in Lafayette, Louisiana. His hometown fans are going to be there cheering for him. And he just 
he keeps coming. He applies pressure. It's probably going to look kind of, not exactly, but kind of like the Peterson-Lipinets fight. It's going to somewhat resemble that in terms of the flow of the fight and how it starts and how it ends. That's what I see. Oh, it's storming outside. Holy shit. That came out of nowhere. Man. When did it get so dark? It just got dark as hell outside. Sorry, that, that was a tangent. Okay. Uh, <laughs> woo. Two more questions, and then we'll get to the preview, all right, guys? Uh, man, it's pouring outside. Damn. Okay, uh, Anders Baye asks, how much do you rate Jerron Enos? <laughs> that name. <laughs> if his middle name is Peter, holy shit, looking him up in the phone book would be hilarious. Is he a future world champ at welterweight? So for Jerron <laughs> Enos, um, <laughs> Yeah, with that name, you have to be tough. You have to be a good boxer. If you grow up and your last name is Enos, especially if your middle name is Patrick or something. Peter. Peter. I like P. Jerron P. Enos. I don't know. Someone, does anyone know his middle name? Because, man, I feel bad if it's, if it's anywhere near P. Is he a future world champion at welterweight? Possibly. You know, there was some debate uh, late last year when... Myself and uh, other contributors at Ring Magazine were voting on our year-end awards, which I contributed to in an issue of Ring Magazine last year. Uh, it was fun. And I said, it is Teofimo Lopez. That is the prospect of the year running away. But there were several guys on the Ring Ratings Committee that said Jerron Enos deserved it more than Teofimo Lopez. And then uh, Lopez had that knockout of Mason Menard. That ended the discussion. Anyway, for Enos, I'm not ready to prop Enos, prop, prop Enos up to uh, championship status yet at welterweight. I'm sorry I'm making fun of his name, guys. I'm just having a little fun here. Obviously, uh, I don't mean that in a bad way. But um, it's a little too soon to tell. But yes, the potential's there. He's a very good-looking prospect. Needs to step up the opposition a little bit. And, um, you know, Comparing him to someone like Teofino Lopez, who just fought Magdaleno and passed that test with flying colors, he's taken that next step. It's time for Enos to do the same thing. And uh, if he passes that next test, sure, sure. Is he ready to challenge for a title yet? No, not quite there. I think Teofino Lopez could fight for a title right now. He's ready. Game Bread Fight TV. Is Errol Spence versus Canelo really a thing right now? That is the third damn question about that. No, it's not. Stop talking about it, everyone. It's not a thing right now. Possibly one day. Kana Box asks, Leo Santa Cruz versus Gervonta Tank Davis. Shit. That'd be a good one. You know what? Uh, Tank Davis hasn't fought anybody on Santa Cruz's level. Santa Cruz in the past has had trouble with short, stout, athletic fighters. You know, Frampton. Frampton gave him a lot of trouble. But in the rematch, he stayed behind his jab and kept uh, Frampton at the end of it. And for the record, I think he could probably do that with Javante Davis. Javante Davis, stronger than Frampton, uh, not moving up in weight to fight Santa Cruz. So from that, you know, actually, yeah, Tank is at 130 right now. So you know what? I might reverse my pick on that. That might be another one that looks kind of like Lipinets peterson where Santa Cruz is ahead early and then... Uh, Tank comes on late. That would be a hell of a fight, man. 
Okay, let's preview what's coming up this week and then some more questions. We are about an hour in already. So we're definitely going to run late again. That's, that's what I do for you guys. This Thursday, March 28th, Roy Jones Jr. Promotions is putting on a card in San Antonio, Texas. This is on UFC Fight Pass. I still don't know what the hell that is, but that's what it's on. Local prospect out of San Antonio, Kendo Castaneda, who is a 15-0 junior welterweight, 25 years old. He headlines Saturday, March 30th. We got a few different cards. Tavoris Cloud. Remember him? Light heavyweight titleist. Hasn't fought since 2014. Was retired as far as I know. Been gone for five years. He's fighting on a club show here in Atlanta, a six-rounder. That's crazy. I just saw that on the schedule, and I was like, holy shit. That's a blast from the past. I don't know why the hell he's fighting, and it's a six-rounder, but it is what it is. At the Echo Arena in Liverpool, a matchroom card on Sky over in the UK and DAZN here in the States, Liam Smith, 26-2-1, going up against Sam Scrambled Eggington, that's really not his middle name. That's just me trying and failing to say a joke. In a 12-round, 154-pound fight, Liam Smith coming off his L to Jaime Munguia last July. You have to favor Smith in this one, but it's going to be fun. It's going to be one of those domestic rivalry-type matchups that I think is going to have a lot of action. Going to be fun. I saw on the undercard of this, David Price is still fighting. He's fighting undefeated Kash Ali, a 15-0 fighter, on the undercard. Why? Why is David Price still fighting? Does he have to die in the ring? It's just not going to end well for this guy. Here in the U.S. of A at the 2300 Arena in Philadelphia, Philadelphia A, Pelts in top rank boxing are putting together a show that, of course, will be on ESPN. It is the return of the nail, Alexander Vosdick. Going up against Dudu Numbu. Between Jerron Enos and Dudu Numbu. These are some of the funnest names I've had in an episode of TNC. Uh, born in the Congo, lives in France, and has fought absolutely nobody. I have no hell, no idea how he is in this fight. Somehow he worked his way up in the, the uh, system with the sanctioning body. And anyway, for Vozdik, this is the first defense of his WBC light heavyweight title. The one that he beat... Uh, one off of Adonis Stevenson last December when he beat him. Uh, by the way, Adonis Stevenson, you know, of course, suffered brain damage and he's had issues. There have been uh, some updates from his, his family. He is doing better. He's kind of more aware. He's doing better. He's back home with his family. So that's good to hear. We all wish him a continued recovery. And, um, you know, he's never going to be back to 100%. But any improvement, you know, is a blessing. So hopefully... There are more improvements. Also on this card, Igadijus Kavliowskis. Try saying that name fast. Foo. Igadijus Kavliowskis. Boom. He's fighting Ray Robinson, a fighter out of Philly, coming off a loss to Ugas last February. Ugas, who we just saw fight with Sean Porter in a 10-rounder um, uh, welterweight fight. So anytime the mean machine fights, I'm going to be checking that out. Okay, here's another name. <laughs> Man. All right, I just got these other names right, but this one. Kudratilo Abdukukarov. Kudra, Kudratilo Abdukukarov. I think I got that shit right. 15-0 Uzbeki-born, lives in Malaysia now. So he's a Uzbeki-Malaysian. I, I don't know many of those. Going up against a Japanese fighter, Kaita Obara, 
in an IBF welterweight eliminator. So the winner of this fight, which will be Abdu Kukorov, is going up against Errol Spence next. So at some point later this year, maybe early next year, I'm going to have to say Spence versus Abdu Kukorov. So uh, yeah, that's going to be on that ESPN show. And then also Fantasy Springs Casino in Indio, California. Golden Boy Promotions on DAZN. Ryan, Justin Bieber, Garcia going up against Jose Lopez. And Angel Costa going up against Ganigan Lopez. A defense of Costa's uh, WBO Junior Flyweight title. Little guys. Real, real, little, little, little guys fighting. All right, so you guys got a bunch of action on various platforms. Let's get to some more questions. It is still storming like a motherfucker out there. Crazy. Good thing, yeah. Good, good thing we didn't leave any windows open. Because that would suck. You need to close the Actually, that window in the living room might be open. Might be open. As Tiffany runs behind the camera to go to the living room to see. I think I might have left it open. Oops. Uh, okay. Let's get caught up on these questions. Oh, I hear her shutting it. It was open. No shit. Sorry, babe. Don't hurt me. All right. Tommy Boseo asks, is Deontay Wilder, Wilder this generation's Michael Grant? Sorry, babe. Um, no, no. By the way, I wasn't saying sorry, babe, to you, Tony. I was saying sorry, babe, to Tiffany. She whispered in my ear as she came back in the room. So, you know, nothing funny going on here. Uh, no, I wouldn't say that, bro. That, that's too harsh. Wilder's already accomplished more than Michael Grant ever did. So I, I wouldn't go that far. And say what you will about Wilder. He has been uh, buzzed. He has been hurt. He's always responded. He's stayed on his feet. Uh, a couple guys have clipped him. And uh, Ortiz really hurt him. He was able to survive. Grant, if you breathed on him, if you pull a Pulev and kissed him, he'd fall down. So uh, that, no, definitely can't compare those two. Rockstar 1996, Rungvisai versus Estrada 2. Who you got, Mike? Yeah. Man, I totally forgot about that fight. How about that one, guys? Run v versus Estrada 2. That is kind of flying under the radar. That is a fantastic fight. Now, it should have happened last year, but whatever. Uh, I got a favor, Run v dude. He's just a tank. He's just so strong. I'm going to go with Run v in the rematch. But guess what? If Estrada wins, great, because then we get a third fight. The first fight was, was outstanding. We were there. Uh, one had several round of the year candidates. It was a fight of the year candidate the first time around. So I'm excited for that rematch. Um, okay. Barca Raider asks, what do you think about Zerto Ramirez's next fight at light heavyweight? Do you think he can be successful at light heavyweight? Is there an opponent yet for Gilberto Ramirez? Uh, I don't, I didn't hear anything official. Uh, anyway, Yes, he has a future at light heavyweight. Here's what I want to see. He, he's never going to be a power puncher. He, he doesn't do that. But he's, he was big at 168. Was he killing himself to make that weight? Well, the extra seven pounds. We saw in his last fight, he was a little lethargic. He said that he was having trouble making weight. If there's any truth to that, and he moves to uh, light heavy, maybe the extra weight will help him. And maybe he'll move around better. He'll kind of be a Dimitri Bivol size. I mean, actually, he's probably a little taller than Bivol, but just in, in terms of, of uh, just power and everything, he's not going to be like the hardest puncher in the division, but his work rate and everything certainly going to give him um, a chance. 
And that is a loaded division at the top, right? So he needs a couple of fights to get acclimated, and then he needs to get right in there and uh, fight the top guys. But I definitely think he can win the title there. I, I, he's got the potential. Hamed92 asks, Mike, who would have won at 135, Duran or Pacquiao? Who would you favor between the two Sugar Rays? Man, those are two questions I get a lot. And I go back and forth with Duran and Pacquiao. <sighs> you you got to favor Duran. You, you just have to. Duran was a freaking animal at lightweight. However, we don't know 100% what was going on back then, how he was making that weight. Uh, so all things considered, this day and age... Vada testing, Las Vegas, if it goes the distance, who knows what could happen. But I'm just saying, you know, Pacquiao isn't even a natural lightweight. He's really more of a natural featherweight who bulked up. Duran's the bigger, stronger guy. It was just an absolute tank. I ha I'd have to favor Duran. I just have to favor him. And between the two Sugar Rays, you know what? Unpopular opinion, but I'm going to say Sugar Ray Leonard beats Sugar Ray Robinson. Oop! Don't shoot me. Don't hate me. But it's the truth. He would, by decision. Now, if they fought four or five times, they'd split some wins. But any given night, I'm going to slightly favor Leonard. Ooh, Sabimid. S-A-B-Y-M-D. Sabimid. Asks, hey, Micah Tiff, love the show. And good job to both of you on your coverage at Dispense vs. Garcia fight. Thank you very much. Appreciate that. We had a, that was a very productive trip for us. We didn't get to have that much fun because we worked so damn much. We didn't sleep a whole lot, but it was very, very productive. One of the more productive trips we've had. Where's the before and after pics of the new house? Do you guys have a physical address PO box where people can send fan mail? Why is it smart for guys like Pacquiao and Garcia to come in slightly underweight when moving up so much for a fight? Okay, so, um, you know, good idea on the P.O. box. Maybe we will do something like that. Um, in the meantime, if you want to send us something, if you're in the U.K. or anywhere in Europe, send it to uh, Boxing Monthly, but just address it to us. We, I've received fan mail and letters and stuff for, uh, that's been sent to Boxing Monthly's address over in the U.K. If you're here in the U.S.A., I'd send it to Ring Magazine. Send it to Ring Magazine and, uh, you know, just say, hey, this letter is for Mike, this letter is for Tiff, whatever it is. And, um, you know, they'll forward it to us. So that's what I would say for now. But maybe in the future, yeah, we'll work on that. Before and after picks of the house, we will definitely put something together once we're totally finally in there in May. And uh, I can show you guys that. So I can't wait to show you. If it ever gets done, if the house ever gets done. And, okay, as far as Pacquiao and Garcia coming in slightly underweight, it's smart to do because let's just stick with Garcia versus Spence. Spence is melting down to make 147. Garcia is bulking up to get to 47. The extra, let's say, pound or two, because he came in, I think, at 145, 145 and a half, to gain the extra pound and a half or whatever, it wasn't going to be advantageous for him in the fight. It wasn't going to help him. Garcia was always going to be the smaller guy. So come in at at least 140 pounds, you know, 141 pounds. So you're at the welterweight limit officially, but where you still are 
comfortable making weight. You don't have to lose any weight last second. Let the other guy drain himself. Let the other guy suffer and have to sweat off water weight. You eat whatever the hell you want. A little inside story for you guys. The night before the fight, me and Tiffany were at a steakhouse. Team Garcia was there eating dinner. We were with Victor Conti, the snack people, Team Garcia, having a steak dinner. That's just a little inside info for you guys. Mikey Garcia was chilling. He was eating whatever the hell he wanted. He uh, looked very, very comfortable. He wasn't struggling at all because you remember there was the IBF rehydration clause was in effect. He ate steak, bread, all that shit that night. No problem. Spence wasn't doing that uh, Friday night. So if you're moving up in weight, you don't want to be sluggish. You want to gain enough weight, okay, but you, you don't need to come in right at the division limit. And that's why guys should come in a couple pounds under, maybe sometimes even three or four pounds under. We saw Pacquiao do that before. Because as the smaller guy, what you want to have is speed. Now, Garcia against Spence, he didn't have that. For whatever reason, a lot of people out there thought Garcia was going to be the faster guy. I don't know who in their right mind thought that. But Pacquiao, a lot of times, when he moved up in weight, he was the faster guy. So he wanted to keep that speed. That's why you don't gain too much weight. Uh, let's see, Hamed, 92. Mike, who would have won at 115, Inouye or Runvisai? Whew. You know, I give the slight edge to Inouye. I think it'd go the distance, but I give the slight edge to Inouye just because uh, he's faster. And I think that he would be able to land shots from the outside and get out of range before uh, Runvisai could hurt him. So that's who I'd favor in that matchup. Uh, Rene Salcedo asks, does Chris Ariola have another title shot? God, I hope not. Could you imagine this version of Chris Ariola? I think he's already fought Wilder. But fighting Fury, against Fury, he wouldn't get hurt. He'd just get completely outclassed. But against Joshua, he'd get badly hurt. I don't want to see that. I really hope PBC doesn't put him in there against Wilder again. Oh. Yeah, he just, you know. He, a couple more fights, make some money, have some fun, and then retire. Henry Ford asks, any word on Kanaki's next fight? Uh, no, but I have heard, you know, rumors. I just don't want to, there's, you know, he's, they're negotiating. I don't want to put anything out there that hasn't been substantiated enough that I'd feel comfortable telling you guys. But um, at some point, he's going to be in with one of the top guys, probably by the end of this year. Petter Thomas asks, who will be next for Wilder after Brazil, if not the Fury rematch? Take what I just said 60 seconds ago and do whatever you will with that information. Azier asks, Michael, now that Usyk will vacate, will they give all the belts to the World Boxing Super Series winner or only some of them? Probably only some of them. I hope all of them, but... Probably only some of them uh, will have to see. I think the WBA is already thrown out. They're trying to give Dennis Lebedev another version of their title that he's held like 8 billion times, which is just insane. you know. But yeah, I would expect at least two or three of them, the winner will have. I, and I'm really interested who wins that the second season of the Cruiserweight Tournament. Will it be Marius Bradis, who came in, who's basically the second best in, the, in season one? Or will it be one of the new guys like uh, Tabiti? Will it be him? You know, I want to see. Okay, let's see. Do we have one more question? Oh, let's drop my bow here. 
before we jump off. Oh, we have a down vote. We have 33 up votes and one down vote. Meanwhile, uh, 242 views, which means a lot of you are jumping in here and not liking the video. Guys, what do I say at the beginning of the show? Likes, follows, reviews, ratings, yada, yada, yada. Hit the damn like button. It's not that hard. You're already here. You're chatting. Hit the like button. For that one prick, for that one prick who had to hit the dislike button, what did I say? Is it because I made fun of Jerron Enos's name? Is it because I made fun of Dudu Mumbu's name? Enos and Dudu. Sounds like a West Hollywood gay club. All right, one more question. <laughs> Timmy Turner says, Robinson all day against Leonard. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you right now, man. I'm taking Leonard. I'm taking Leonard. Uh, 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 Rock Loggins. Robinson would embarrass Leonard. I, I know. Look, I know that's going to be an unpopular opinion. I know it is. But I'll tell you guys this. I have sat down and had lunch, dinner, some beers with some boxing insiders, old school guys, trainers, very knowledgeable guys. Um, some of them have passed on now. They're no longer with us. Some of them are still here. And I have talked about that potential fight with several old school guys who you all know, but I'm going to keep their names off the record. And I, several of them have told me, look, between me and you, I can't say this shit when I'm doing an ESPN special or whatever. Between me and you, Leonard beats Robinson. Several you people. You never answer that one question. What one question? You're supposed to um, give your opinion about Pulev. Okay. I'm going to do this. Pulev kiss gate thing and then I'm going to go because we're already running at 113 or 100 an hour and 13 minutes <laughs> 73 minutes clearly I'm losing my mind okay here's the situation guys um, we don't know if they know each other I, I know for sure that they had spent time together before that interview before the fight we don't know about that, but she, she had been, she had interviewed him. Uh, she had posted pictures on her social media with him. He said, Pulev said in a statement that he released on Instagram, he also tweeted it, that they're friends, that after Kissgate, she actually went to an after party or event or some shit with him and his team and um, no harm, no foul. People have asked her about it. I can't think of the woman's name. I've never heard of her before or the platform she writes for. I don't even think she's a writer. She doesn't work in boxing at all. I think it's some local Las Vegas uh, food show or something like that, entertainment show. Not that any of that matters. I'm just saying. I have no idea who this person is. She does not work in boxing. But she, had in she interviews fighters sometimes because I think she works out of Vegas. So that makes sense, right? I think boxing and MMA fighters. But anyway... Uh, she was asked about it on Twitter. She said, I think it was embarrassing. And what other word did she use? Shocking and embarrassing, something like that, or awkward and embarrassing, something like that. She did not right say he's a horrible guy. She didn't condemn it. She hasn't made a statement. And she hasn't, uh, she hung out with him after the incident, apparently. So I understand. Let me say this. If it was unprovoked, if... You should never, never touch a woman unprovoked in any damn way, okay? And vice versa. Are there double standards? Yes. 
If a woman had done this to a man, no one would give a shit. And I've seen female athletes, female reporters, pull shit like that all the time. When I lived in LA and I worked in Hollywood on a few different things, I saw female agents, female uh, actresses, managers, publicists do all kinds of sexist shit to dudes, including me. <laughs> I got stories, okay? If a gay dude did this to a straight dude, no one would give a shit. So demographics is playing a role here with some people who are outraged. We live in outrage culture. Regardless of any of that though, if I were managing Pulev, I would tell him, dude, this was a really bad look. This day and age with the Me Too stuff and everything going on, this is just a bad look, okay? You shouldn't do shit like that. It's just not smart. It's not a good look. We've all made mistakes. We've all done things. Look, I've learned the hard way. There are some tweets I've made that people took the wrong way. They got the wrong impression. Uh, a lot of times your intention and certain people's perception are not going to line up. So even if this woman and Kubrat Pulev are friends and this is how they joke around, they kiss each other. I, I'm not saying that's the truth. I'm just speaking hypothetically. Even if that's the case, right? For people who don't know that, it's a bad look. So I would just advise Pulev not to do shit like that. He's a rock star in Bulgaria. He's got a hot wife who's, from what I hear, bisexual, brings ladies home for him. He has a very good life, okay? But you're a rock star there, dude. You're not a rock star here. So I would just advise against it. Not a good look. That being said, for this reporter, I don't even know if she's a reporter. I don't know what you call her, okay? It could end up being the best thing that's ever happened to her. None of us knew who the hell she was 48, 72 hours ago. Now we all do, right? She's getting hits there's hundreds of thousands of views of that video all over social media. As I mentioned before, I, th I saw CNN pick it up on just CNN Twitter, not on TV or anything, but still. So she's getting more name recognition than she's ever gotten in her life. And it could work out for Pulev in a way. He's going to be the bad guy and the media is going to jump all over him, but people will know his name. So it might, in a strange, weird, awkward, uncomfortable way, promote both of these people in the media. People, you know, people that never knew who the hell Pulev was, who are non-boxing people, suddenly know his name. People who in, in boxing who never knew this woman's name suddenly know who she is because of this incident. So it might end up being a blessing in disguise for them. Do I, do I personally think he should apologize, there should be disciplinary action. Based on her not complaining, based on her not raising any issue or anything like that, uh, I would say no. However, if I were managing Kubrat Pulev, I would have him address it a little more head on. He released a statement, I get that. Um, as long as we don't hear from the chick, if, there, if there's no response from her or something, I think that's enough. Just let it go, right? One last thing, and this is going to trigger some people out there, but it is, it is, it's a factor here that no one talks about, frankly and honestly. We're seeing more and more and more of these female reporters, these female, I, I can't call them analysts or pundits because they're not. These chicks that 
interview fighters. Every platform has them, right? And they're not all created equal. Some of these women in boxing work their ass off and I give them credit. But there's some of them that they're kind of there to look hot. That's why they got the job. It's not because of the most knowledgeable boxing people. A lot of the questions they ask, I watch the videos, I look at the comments and stuff, and I see what you guys say in the comments section. I see what you say on Twitter and your responses on Instagram and all that. And it's not boxing related, right? That doesn't justify any sort of bad behavior from a boxer. But let me pose this question to you. Is it to some degree inviting the possibility for bad behavior from a person who is a bad actor, from a person who has bad morals or ethics or whatever, are we inviting that type of behavior by throwing more and more of these really young, really attractive women in there, showing off their body, using that to get ratings and clicks? Is that the right thing to do? Do the promoters, the platforms, the networks bear some responsibility when something like this happens? Or is it 100% strictly on the bad actor? I don't know. Maybe it's a little combination of both. It's a complex issue, okay? I just want to put those thoughts out there for you guys. That's it for TNC 164. Uh, guys, do your homework. Remember, your homework. Likes, shares, subscribes, follows. Get the word out about this damn thing. All right, we're building this thing up. All right, guys. Oh, we got we got a second down vote. <laughs> Two of you pricks. Two of you pricks. You probably didn't like my rant about the uh, the the chick and Pulev. Yeah. Anyway, guys. Huh? Oh, I'm looking. I'm looking. All right. Well, I got to move the screen this way, I guess. All right, guys. That's it for TNC 164. I'll see you at the fights next week. Back at Monday, 7 p.m. Eastern. All right. Not if you don't. Thanks. Yeah. Not if you do don't do your homework. homework. Do your homework. Damn it. <laughs>